stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Raid, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. My name is Rob Blant from Dirt Vision. Alongside of me, as always, Nick Graziano, the PR god of the World of Outlaws. What is up? How's it going, Nick? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing great. How was your weekend? It was not bad. How was yours? It's not bad. That's, that's a good weekend, and it's not bad. That's good. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the only the only bad part was uh, we only got one race this weekend instead of two. Unfortunately, that that kind of sucked. So you're looking forward to River Cities. Uh, it's a really fun racetrack. Um, I was looking forward to watching Donnie Shots run a late model because that's always fun when he does that on the rare occasions that he gets a chance to. Um, but man, did it rain! It did. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. River Cities is such a fun track. It's uh good thing we go back there again in the year so we'll still get to yes. have some fun in uh grand forks north dakota later on in the year again but unfortunately uh not last weekend yeah that that sucked but hey we just got a uh, granite city another really fun yeah. track yeah it was uh it was a fun night of racing on saturday it's pretty good um not as many cars as i think everyone would have hoped for but still a good show nonetheless yeah, it's the World of Outlaws, so obviously it's the greatest show on dirt. Exactly. Uh, really enjoyed that one. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, uh, probably after our interview, which was a lot of fun today. Justin Henderson uh, was our guest this morning when we recorded this. Excuse me. Um, if you don't know Justin Henderson, he's been tearing it up out in the uh, upper Midwest to start off 2021. Uh, he has won races at Houston. He's won a lot of races at Houston. So won a couple, a couple this year already. Yeah, two yeah. in a row. He's been uh, pretty good. Yes, yes, he has, and uh, great interview too. Oh man, I, if you if you're having a bad, whether you're having a bad day, good day, just prepare yourself for some laughter. This was uh, so much fun. Justin is just wide open. Didn't care what he said, and just uh, just a fun guy to talk to. Very much so. That is. Uh, Absolutely accurate. So we're not going to waste too much more time. We'll pretty much get right into the interview. But first, we want to tell you about our sponsor. Uh, of course, you know who it is by now. Right, Nick? I hope so. Do you know? I, kn- I know. You know now. I okay. cannot forget. Okay. Uh, in case you don't know, uh, Manscaped is the sponsor of today's podcast. Uh, you can get 20% off plus free shipping on their new package. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0. It is the top of the line when it comes to men's below the waist grooming, and you can get it as I said for 20% off plus free shipping to anywhere in the United States and Canada if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code OpenRed20. That is OpenRed20 at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping on the new lawnmower 4.0. You know, I use the weed whacker over the weekend. Great stuff. Really? Works perfectly. Yep. Nice. I can breathe through my nose perfectly, get all those nose hairs out of there. How's your hearing? Go. 
Uh, that's different. That's race car induced, though. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's from years of uh, yeah, yeah. But that's good. That's good. You know, it's great to have a, a testimonial. Yeah. Um, I would recommend the lawnmower 4.0 to uh, to go along with the weed whacker. But you could get both of those items, as I said, oh, manscape.com sure. uh, using promo code OpenRed20. And now, with further ado, or without further ado, actually, we will get into the interview with Justin Henderson. Joining us today is Justin Henderson, who is top five at three different racetracks and points right now. Houston Speedway, Knoxville Raceway, and the Jackson Motorplex. Thank you, Nick, for that uh, nice little stat that you just gave us before uh, we started recording here. Justin, how's it going? Going really well. Uh, Dealing with some business things today that uh, are never fun, of course, but (laughs) I love my business and uh, very grateful to have it. So we'll do whatever we have to do. So let's go off of that before we get into any of the actual racing stuff. For for those that don't know too much about you, let's get into a little bit of your background. Like, how did you get to where you are? What do you do away from the racetrack? Things like that. Yeah. Well. Oh man. So long story even Easy longer. Question, right? When I was <laughs> yeah, when I was out in PA, which is where I met my wife, um, a buddy of mine in Indianapolis, Jeff Dodge, started a business or. Uh, was helped starting a business doing line striping. And I thought, gosh, if this idiot can do it. So I took <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I searched around and I found a, uh, I found a striping machine and I conned somebody into buying it for me. <laughs> and we did the first couple jobs. Actually, my eventual wife at the time came with me to the first job and she's like, okay, so, so what do I do? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> We're learning together. So literally started that business knowing zero about it um not to talk anybody in my my surrounding area into starting a striping business but a really good business to uh really good profit margins really good business to start so we started that business out there well then i moved back to drive the b-dubs team that went well for a little bit till they went crazy so i came back to pennsylvania sawed the handle off of my striping machine threw it in the back of my uh, Jess's uh, Ford Escape and brought it back here, and that was the start to the business. I made a couple phone calls, you know, lied to my lied through my teeth about how much experience that we had, and uh, nailed down my first couple major uh, vendors, and we just skyrocketed from there. So it's been been very very good. We're super fortunate to have what we have, like I said, and uh, got some really good people that have been with me for a long time. They keep me straight, and then uh, my. My number one painter uh, broke his collarbone for the second time this year, so I'm scrambling now back in the hot seat. Wait, second time this year? What is he doing? Uh, stupid things. <laughs> I broke it, broke it once doing some, some snowboarding one day, and then he broke it this weekend. I was actually painting for him. Uh, drove straight home from Knoxville, painted for three hours, and then went straight to the racetrack and raced all night. So uh, he, he broke it hauling, hauling some water and tripped up the stairs, you know. it sounds like something i would do actually (laughs) yeah he had to reiterate to me that he's clumsy and i was thinking to myself you really didn't have to tell me that (laughs) we kind of figured that out by now yeah (laughs) (laughs) so this year obviously on the racetrack is going great for you as well uh a a few wins over at houston's like we said already uh top five at three different racetracks last night didn't get the win but another top five in points and you're establishing yourself as the man to beat at three different tracks when any touring series or anyone comes rolling in uh just walk us through what you think is causing everything to click right now uh we've got a really good base you know mike and pops have been working really hard that's that's my stat have been working really hard 
to get everything the same here and get some good bullets that are solid, which Ryder builds a darn good bullet. You know, we're just keeping them, keeping them as fresh and updated as possible is what I mean there. And, um, we, we've switched cars to a car here that I don't have much experience with, not that it matters, but we searched and searched like when we were on PA earlier this year, we were way off setup wise, but that helped us because we learned and we're, we're getting a really good baseline for that car now. And as long as we don't screw things up, we're okay. Uh, we had a, a right rear shot go bad on us this weekend. It was good in the pits. It was uh, when it was cool. And when the shot got warm, it had zero compression or rebounds. So that really screwed us for the weekend. We don't know exactly when it happened. Um, I can guess as to about where the car started feeling like junk. So, but anyway, we're, we'll get that fixed and we'll be back on the right page again. Obviously, as we mentioned, Rob's been talking about uh, top five in points at three different tracks right now. Uh, running all over the place. Kind of talk about just how you've been juggling that and managing that so far. I'm um, obviously some haven't had too many races yet, but just uh, what your plans are? Are you going to try and keep going full time? Three championships you try and go after this year, um, and still all juggling your business too? Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's not that's not extremely difficult. I mean, I'm able to spread myself relatively thin and still operate uh, at a decent level. I think honestly. I'm trying really hard not to think about the points. Uh, you know, my best buddy Buck here, he's a statistician to and through. And I've always kind of thought stats are for losers and I try not <laughs> to think about it. Uh, but he keeps me up to date on that kind of stuff. And, and I know where I'm sitting in points, you know, at all times. And so I, I just kind of, I just want to race for wins. Last night turned into a points race for me because I knew I had an issue uh, with the right rear and the car wasn't doing the things that I wanted it to do. And the right rear tire was going low. So I had those two things working against me. So I, I kind of quit ripping it in on the lip and just kind of sallied up for the last few laps there to finish. And, and we did, we finished and we got a decent points position. So we did what we had to do. So a typical driver. I don't think about points, but I do think about points. <laughs> exactly. It's a, tough, it's a tough balance. I don't want to think about points, but unfortunately you have to. Right. Nick, I just want to point out as you know, you're our, our resident stats guy on this show. He just called you out. How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm okay with that. I, <laughs> a long time ago, I'm a story I, guy. I just had to do stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A long time ago, I was sitting in Gary Swenson's office, and we started we started naming some stats off. You know, Gary Swenson's won the Knoxville Nationals, and with uh, with uh, Rayleigh Goodwin, and he ran second at the Knoxville Nationals with Jan Opperman. I mean, the old boy's been around for a long time. Doug Wolfgang's driven for him, whatever. But anyway, we were going through some stats and telling him some things, and he's like, "Yeah, well, you know what." That's cool, but stats are for losers. <laughs> like, God dang, you're right, man. As soon as you start thinking about how good you're doing and how good your stats are, it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> so um, Knoxville Raceway has your hometown currently listed as T South Dakota. Is that accurate? Yeah, as accurate as could be. It's All right. just like ice, you know, like ice tea, T-E-A. Very, South very Dakota. cool. So that's, uh, I just looked it up. That's Less than a half hour away from Houston, is that kind of just centrally located to all three tracks that you're running at? Is that what kind of what makes it so easy to be able to be pulling this off every week? Uh, it definitely helps with Houston and Jackson, and with the Knoxville thing, it's difficult. But luckily, our final race of the weekend is here at home, so that makes way more sense than having to come all the way back home. And we've got a home away from home down there in Knoxville with Connie Langer. We've stayed with her for the last. 19 years connie and john uh unfortunately the old man died a few years back great 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 dude um i still carry him with me in my driver's bag everywhere i go as a matter of fact but uh he's uh 
uh, the, the house and everything that they have there, just fantastic people. We swing in and stay overnight and she makes us breakfast every, every Sunday morning and we head out and go about our way. So that's awesome. That has to make things so much more relaxing than trying to book hotels every week and try to make sure that you're out before checkout and stuff like that. That's really cool. Yeah, totally. Or drive four hours back, you know, uh, the first hour or two go great because you're still high on adrenaline, and then after that, you can't keep it off the dotted, the yellow line, the yellow line. So, yeah, very true. And then if you get a little bit of rain, like there was a few weeks ago at Knoxville, and they start pushing it back later, then that four-hour drive may as well feel like an eight-hour drive when it starts pushing like four or five a.m. Yeah, exactly. And I'm totally at ease because I know I'm just going to go up a couple blocks up and lay my head down. So everybody else is already freaking out and, and stressed. I'm getting home and whatnot. So it is it is so nice to have great friends and people that surround us. It's very cool. So uh, the Outlaws are rolling into your neck of the woods over the next few weeks. Uh, Knoxville Raceway coming up this weekend, a doubleheader, the Brownells Big Guns Bash. Uh, and then not too long after that, the Jackson Nationals, and I believe the, the showdown, we got two nights coming up at Houston's right before that as well. How do you assess yourself as the invaders come in? Are you trying to defend home turf? Are you even thinking about that? Or is it just, I'm going out there, doing what I normally do, and whatever happens, happens? Yeah, uh, definitely the latter. I'm... I'm more so on the business of kicking everybody's butt. I don't care if they're invaders or, or the hometown guys. Uh, when I'm when I'm super confident, when I'm all the way up, there's nobody that can beat me. But you know, drivers' minds are a little bit fragile. It doesn't take much to to make you start thinking about this and thinking about that. So I'm looking to gain back a little bit more of that confidence that we had here a couple of weeks ago before we broke a motor at Knoxville and destroyed a car at Houston on Sunday. So we're we're definitely trying to get back to that. Plus. I knocked myself a little bit loopy. I know my balance isn't quite a hundred percent, so I'm working on that right now. And I think as soon as that comes back, we'll be we'll be ready to rock. Now, so what do you mean by that? What what uh, happened? What are you trying to do to get get yourself back on balance? Uh, I do a lot of things to get my balance back. Um, I stand on a big workout ball, stand up on top of that, and do my shoulder exercises and, and the regular exercises I do race wise. I do them on top of the ball to gain as much. Uh, balance as possible, you know, and watching Ayrton Senna videos at the same time helps the confidence. Uh, so we just kind of, <laughs> there's a certain little things that I do that work for me. Um, you know, I definitely try to keep my mind as sharp as possible. I've been hit in the head a lot, you know, before we had these good seats. So another hit to the head, it doesn't take much to scramble my brain just a little bit. And it takes, it takes a minute to get it back. And I, I think it's better that I realize that instead of, allowing it to eat away at my confidence i mean balance is hugely important in these race cars almost as important as your confidence yeah hits to the head are no fun i've had a few of those myself but uh when i was doing it i wasn't going really really fast in a race car and then dealing with the after effects of that while while sitting in a race car so yeah definitely uh make sure you're doing what you can to get your your head back right there so that you're uh being as safe as possible doing something that is crazy unsafe most of the time yeah, absolutely. And I ride mountain bike a lot. I mean, not Mambi Pambi mountain bike, but serious mountain bike. And so I crash enough in that as well. But that works on my that works on my my balance and my wind and so forth. So everything that I do is surround every sort of little workout that I do for race cars is surrounded around balance, reaction time, you know, uh, your air or your your overall cardio and everything that goes with it. So I think it will be just fine. I just need a little bit more time. So changing subjects a little bit back to something a little uh, less serious, right before that, you dropped one of my favorite lines I think I've ever heard in an interview, which was, uh, I'm in the business of kicking butt. And uh, <laughs> a, a few weeks ago, you won at Houston's and 
dropped another one of my favorite lines. I, I don't remember exactly the pass that you made, but uh, the victory lane enhancer asked you what it took, and you just basically put your hands down between your legs and threw it on an Australian accent and said, a big pair of these, and it was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever heard. Where does your sense of humor come from and, and your, your looseness to, uh, you know, a, a lot of guys might be apprehensive about showing their personality, but you're just letting your personality fly, which is a ton of fun. Where does that come from? Um, absolutely. As long as it's in good taste. Right. I think that most of my, <laughs> probably from my dad and, and the people I hang out with, you know, my dad and my wife and my best buddies, we all have a pretty good, uh, sense of humor and loose you know, uh, demeanor. And so it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of how I really am. There's no sense. I'm 42. I mean, I'm not going to get a ride in NASCAR. I'm not going to get a ride in anything super important. I don't care who knows why. I mean, I don't, I don't care, you know, <laughs> you get what you get. Uh, other than I don't want to offend anybody or offend any kids. Uh, but you know, everybody's got pretty soft skin nowadays. So sorry if it happens once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll mind my P's and Q's when I can. Listen, you can say the word the at this point and someone will find a way to be offended by it. So that is what it is. But I do have to ask why the Australian accent when you, th- when you did that one. Well, my accents are horrible, so it's supposed <laughs> to be Chinese. Uh, if you've seen, if you've seen uh, Major League, when uh, when Serrano can't do anything but pop out, and, and the and the Chinese guys in the dugout, and he's going marbles, big marbles. So it's supposed <laughs> to be Chinese, but I'm not good at Chinese, <laughs> Japanese, Chinese, whatever. Fantastic. Uh, speaking of uh, just kind of bigger rides, Outlaws, I know back in 2006, I believe it was, that uh, you basically ran kind of like a full season with the Outlaws. Kind of talk about how how that went and how that came about and just uh, is that something you, if the opportunity came up, would you want to be full-time with the Outlaws again? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, my competitive side definitely would love to go back World of Outlaw Racing again. Um but, you know, the way that deal came about back in the day was Dan Dan or Dan Oswald, Dan Dan the Sonic Man. He uh, so I was racing for the R19 car. I started racing for Gary Swenson. It was just kind of 360 stuff. And Dan Dan was like, well, why don't we go racing? Well, we kind of went racing. Well, at that time, the outlaws and the NST split and they were looking for outlaw cars. And he's like, well, geez, let's go do that. Because he was looking at the twenty five thousand dollars signing bonus and seven hundred dollars to raise tow money. So. We were like, all right, but we were deeply underfunded. I mean, God bless Dan Dan. He did everything he could besides go broke, but we didn't have – I mean, shark racing is underfunded. We we were on a whole nother level. Uh, <laughs> we spent $86,000 total money to race an entire season. So, I mean, uh, that's, that, that's a stat right there. Um, but anyway, we did it the best we could for the experience. You know, my dad busted his ass for zero money uh buck my buddy here he busted his butt for zero money as well we did we did everything we possibly could just to stay out there and get the experience that we needed my dad built our motors uh we had three quick times with the world of outlaws with motors that my dad built from the ground up you know i mean you ask him how it dynoed he wouldn't know we didn't dyno we just put them together and ran them you know so it was it was uh it was the heyday in my life i was at the time i was married to my first mistake and we we tried really, really hard to, you know, to, to get up and down the road. And then the second year she wanted to come with, and that was, that was something. So we, you know, I'm sure we made a lot of decisions that I would, that I would change, but, uh, the experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give that away for anything. Say personal and probably racing experience. It sounds like a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you got to make your first mistake to end up with the love of your life. So I got fortunate with the second one. <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, 
you know what what you kind of took away from that year and and how much that meant and how cool that probably was for you and your dad to to be doing that together and and even for your dad like for you watching your dad building these motors and and you're saying not really having a ton of experience doing that not knowing to dyno them or not being able to dyno them and going out there and you're putting it quick time three nights that had to be just the the coolest memories to share with him oh 100 percent uh that's you know you pretty much hit every bullet point there um not being able to dyno them money wise was or, or time wise was definitely um a, as we got rolling along we were able to find a wheel dyno here and there and like uh at, at willie's carburetors we wheel dyno down there and we learned a lot so we were able to to really start picking up some more usable horsepower and so on and so forth and there was just so many things that i mean oh my gosh there was so many things i mean Saldana's and shots were giving us their used tires. We ran used tires pretty much the entire season. I don't really remember buying too many new tires. Right rears we kind of had to buy because most people wore them out. But fronts and left rears, we that's all we had was used stuff. And we, I mean, to say it was a struggle, I don't even know. There's no way I could do that again today. There's no way. Still, I would say, uh, as much as you're describing it, uh, I would say it's probably still impressive. End up up ended up with a couple uh, top five finishes, 20 top tens, ninth in points still. So I, even though it might be stats, but That's it's kind of still year. some decent stats <laughs> for what, yeah, what you were saying you guys went through. Yeah, I didn't really um, realize that. I guess anywhere in ninth in points. But the the it is impressive when you look at what we did it with. I mean, and my dad, he, he didn't know anything. I mean, he knows a lot, but he didn't know what these engine builders that are doing it every day with the feedback of world-class drivers know. He just knew what, what I was telling him. So he was like, he was working with Steve Huggins on camshafts and he was working with, uh, with Westmark quite a bit. Uh, God rest his soul. We, we learned a lot. I mean, gosh, we learned a lot. Uh, and, and a lot of that stuff we still use today. I mean, a lot of things that I needed that I didn't even know I needed that my dad figured out, I take that to the teams that I drive for now. And I'm like, Hey, listen, I need this, this and that. And they're like, okay, I would have never learned that without my dad's, you know, keen eye and, racing every night with the outlaws do you feel like that experience also has helped you maybe uh appreciate the good equipment you have maybe more so maybe uh giving you a good mentality uh just becoming a racer like you didn't come in with a lot of money and great equipment right off the bat like you you like you said you struggled and really had to work for it and really fight for it and you you had some success from that do you feel like that helped you develop as a driver going forward through pennsylvania and uh, houston and knoxville and jackson now yeah, yes, definitely. And that's one way to develop. There's other ways to develop. I mean, you look at guys that have had um, nothing but the best equipment and the best crew chiefs from the word go. They develop a lot faster. I mean, their their graph would be way more of a straight up and down line than mine. But I feel like, or I tell myself that it's better to not be a flash in the pan and work for it and know why you're there and then stay at that level for longer. You know, I mean, I'm I'm 42 years old. You know, you it, if I told you that I never thought about quitting by now, <laughs> you would know that I was full of crap because I, there's there's so many days that we're on the way home and I'm like, God, why am I even doing this? What are we doing? Why am I dragging everybody to the racetrack? I'm 42 years old, for God's sakes. You know what I mean? Um, and then there's days where you're on top and you couldn't imagine doing anything else. So it's like it's life experience. I'm so happy and blessed to be able to race all this time. And if I hadn't been racing, I have no idea what I would have been doing. But I guarantee you I wouldn't have learned the lessons 
that I've learned and, and gotten to this point in my life with everything else on top of it, that those are lessons that came from racing, you know? So with you just saying that you have thought about that, how much longer do you think you, you you're realistically going to be putting into this sort of thing? Um, I've got a five-year plan. I try not to look any farther than five years. You know, my five-year plan is a four-year plan now, so I'm adding a few more things on there. But the the we started our own race team here called Max Motorsports after my son Maximus. And the reason why I named it Max Motorsports is because it's going to be his someday if he decides to race. But if he doesn't, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, totally fine with that. I'll sell everything and watch him play baseball, for God's sakes, instead of biting all my fingernails off when he's out there <laughs> racing with 23 other hooligans like I do. But the for 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 us going forward with this race team, the plan is to race as much stuff as I can for 10-wise, for Mike or for whoever it might be, and keep my car as a 360, because God knows we can't afford 410s. And to to make that team as solid as possible, you know, two or three cars on the ground, a great trailer, uh, dependable trailer, I shouldn't say great, uh, dependable truck. And, and we've been fortunate to have a guy give us a trailer these last couple of years, but I can't keep, you know, taking trailers from people. We need to have our own thing. So anyway, to be completely self-contained and then to make the team self-sufficient where you're not pumping up, not having to pump a bunch of money into it every year just to keep it rolling. Um, that would be my goal. And I really do not want to race past 50 if I make it to 50. Is there anything in the back you keep in the back of your mind that you're striving towards that goal that you know you want to hit before you turn 50 and maybe just hang up the helmet? Is, is it getting an outlaw win? Is it trying to get that Knoxville Nationals? Is it just another track championship yes. somewhere? 100% Knoxville Nationals win yeah. is my, my one and only main goal if i accomplish that i'll probably retire on stage but <laughs> the number one you know like freddie raymer he won the he won his last national open and that was it that was that's the way to do it i don't want to mm-hmm. beat out there having everybody go what the hell is he doing like you know he's a danger to the rest of us why doesn't he just quit and then finally quit or kill myself that way you know uh there there's no glory in going out last if you're racing for first and you're and then and something happens that's completely different very true very true uh, Justin, I think we've taken up enough of your time. I'm sure you've got uh, some lines you got to paint, knowing that you're a man short now. So uh, we'll let you yes. get back to that. <laughs> and we appreciate every second that you took uh, took out of your day with us today uh, because this, this was a ton of fun. So Definitely. thank you very yeah. much. I agree. It was a ton of fun. Thanks for calling, and let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Best of it. luck going forward these next few weeks and the rest of the year. Thanks, boys. Have a great day. You too. See ya. I know we say this all the time, Nick, but that was uh, a lot of fun. That might have been up there as one of probably in the top three most fun interviews that I've been a part of uh, since becoming a part of You're the struggling show. There. I, I didn't mean to say the same thing <laughs> twice in a row, and then I ended up saying the same thing twice in a row. But uh, that that was probably in a, like I said in the top three of most fun interviews that I, I've had the chance to do since. Uh, being asked to co-host this show. Um, just, uh, you know, my, my buddy who um, is a, uh, I guess I will call him a freelance studio uh, technician here at the Dirt Vision Studios, Scotty Taylor, big fan of Justin Henderson, and he and he described them perfectly this morning. I texted him and said, just so you know, that interview was awesome. You're going to want to listen to it. He's like, he just seems like a very genuine an honest person and that's how he came off genuine honest open um and a lot of fun yeah for sure like he's 
He's your uh, everyday man, you know. Mm-hmm. He's still working his own business, going racing on the weekend, just on a little bigger scale than maybe uh, some of us who like to race on occasion. But yeah, like like you said, this is definitely one of the most uh, fun interviews we did. Like we we laugh a lot with people, but I feel like there was a lot of just real big burst out genuine yes. uh, funny moments here. We we could have let that one go a lot longer, but I mean, as he mentioned, his coworker he was a little busy. Yeah, he's, he, he's a little he had busy. To get some work done. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, oh man. We could keep talking, but I don't want to like ruin his whole day by just having him on the phone all day long. But a lot of fun, uh, and I, I hope that he he runs really well uh, over the next. I mean, the whole rest of the year. But uh, over the next fun few when weeks, he, uh, we got obviously uh, Knoxville coming up here, so it'll be fun to see him there. And then we get back to uh, Houston's and uh, Jackson for the showdown. You know those two. Races at Houston, then we got the Jackson Nationals coming back up again. Got all those uh, the the big hundred thousand dollar bonus we can see guys going for. So mm-hmm. a lot of fun races coming up. The best part too is if you became a fan of Justin Henderson after listening listening to him uh, speak a little bit ago, you can watch him race at two of his three weekly tracks uh, frequently on Dirt Vision. Uh, you know he, he runs at um, Houston every Sunday. We have that on Dirt Vision every Sunday night. Uh, and he runs at Knoxville every Saturday, and we have that every Saturday night. Uh, the only one missing there is uh, the Jackson Motorplex. We'll see what we can do about that in the future, I guess. <laughs> but not this year, Come on, unfortunately. Vision. Come on, Mr. Um, Dirt Vision. Yeah, not not this year, unfortunately. But uh, as you said, the uh, Jackson Nationals are coming up and the Outlaws roll into town in a few weeks, and you'll be able to catch that, of course, on Dirt Vision uh, to go along with the weekly racing uh, that he does at Houston's and Knoxville. Um, and this week... Friday and Saturday night, the Outlaws go to Knoxville for the first time in 2021. The Brownells Big Guns Bash, Friday and Saturday. Always fun when the, the Outlaws go into Knoxville. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I kind of can't wait. Yeah, Knoxville's always fun. Uh, just if you get to go there, obviously, that's got to be a bucket list track to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just at some point, if you ever, whether it's uh, this one or the Nationals, both a good time. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of fun racing. They know, we've always said it for, everybody says it for years, they know how to take care of the track. They've got, Great uh, track work going on there. Um, and we've seen a little bit, some teases, uh, some highlights here and there when some of our outlaw guys went and ran Knoxville a couple times this year. I think Sheldon picked up a win there already. Yes. Brad recently won yep. there. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of good action again there. Yeah, and then, I mean, you've got the the regulars there who are always tough yep. to beat. Uh, Brian Brown, new track record holder at Knoxville. That finally fell a few weeks ago. Uh, now belongs to Brian Brown, so he's going to be tough as always. Um, Justin Henderson, the aforementioned Justin Henderson, he's going to be tough to beat. It's it's always a great show because you've got the such a formidable class of local weekly racers uh, to contend with when the Outlaws roll into town. Um it's not like most other places where the outlaws go, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, you mentioned the outlaw drivers going to other racetracks and with some time off and going and winning. David Gravel just did the same thing Sunday night. Went to Cusets. Uh I figured Justin Henderson was going to drive away and leave everyone in his uh, dust cloud again, but he didn't. Actually, ended up fifth, and it was David Gravel who ended up taking the victory uh, Sunday night at Cusets Speedway. So. He's already getting prepared, not just for Knoxville, but uh, getting prepared for the showdown in a few weeks at Houston's. A little bit of a hot streak going on now. You know, obviously picked up the win at Granite City, uh, then went on to win at Houston's, and now coming up to Knoxville, where he's he's kind of good at Knoxville, I would say. Maybe just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, that's a pretty pretty good way to put that, I think. 
just maybe kind of slightly dominated the 2019 Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, and maybe did uh, like what maybe won a couple last year, and then finished like yep. second in the rest of them, pretty much, or at least top fives. I know there here and there. So uh, he's okay at Knoxville. Yeah, I think. just okay. I wouldn't say he's any better or any worse. Just okay. Yeah, perfect way to put it. Nick. Yep, I thought so. <laughs> he was just, just, just okay. Just a beautiful way of saying words yes he was just okay on saturday as well at granite city uh motor park uh newly renamed uh used to be granite city speedway now it's granite city motor park you already mentioned he scored the victory there on saturday night held off donnie shots who finished second actually technically donnie uh he didn't really hold off donnie kind of drove away from them and donnie just just slid by Sheldon Hoddenshield right at the line to take second. Sheldon Hoddenshield third. Aaron Reitzel fourth. Brad Sweet fifth. Logan Schuhart sixth. Jacob Allen in seventh. Brent Marks eighth. Parker Price Miller ninth. And James McFadden rounded out the top ten on Saturday at Granite City. Your lap leaders Aaron Reitzel led laps one through 14 before fading back to fourth. David Gravel led lap 15. Anios led lap 17 through 35, and Sheldon Hoddenshield led lap 16. Your KSE Hard Charger Award went to Logan Schuhart, who finished in sixth, gained 12 spots from the 18th position on Saturday night. So there's a couple uh, cool things in there that I noticed just in that result. Uh, I'll see Jacob Allen getting a top 10. That was his first top 10, I believe, like eight races, seven or eight races mm-hmm. or so. Uh, so it's good to see him having a good run again. And then uh, Parker Price Miller there uh, in the Guy Forbrook number five car. Uh, that was his first race back since Lincoln, uh, early May. Uh, nice to see him come back with a good run. I'll say no since stepping into that five car. They've been doing pretty well. He picked up a win at Houston himself. Uh, so it'll be good to see them uh, coming back and having some good runs, too. And uh, how about an interesting name in there, uh, Clyde Knipp in a second yeah. Jason Johnson Racing 41 car. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so nice to see Clyde back out there again. I know, uh, I think, obviously, he, I'm sure he would love to be back on the tour in some capacity. So, yeah, that was cool to see uh, just uh, get, to get the chance to do that. His race didn't last long, unfortunately. Carson Macedo went to the work area pretty early, and Clyde jumped out of his car to uh, get back to work on Carson's 41 machine, the primary 41 machine, but cool nonetheless. Yeah, just kind of a cool story. Uh, You know, crew guy out there just getting the chance to do what he loves. Yes, very much so. Uh, Fun night of racing. Like I said, didn't have exactly the, the most cars that we would be looking for, but, you know, it's still a great group of cars nonetheless because the the talent that is traveling day in and day out as full-time outlaws this year is just second to none. Um, Looking at the points following Saturday night's race, Brad Sweet, of course, is still the points leader. is 3,932 points after 28 of 82 races. David Gravel is second, 56 points back. Carson Macedo is third, 104 points back. Donnie Schatz is fourth, 146 points out. Sheldon Hoddenshield, fifth, 152 points behind Brad Sweet. Logan Schuhart, sixth, 196 back. Aaron Reitzel is seventh. This is a fun one. 222 points back. Just looks fun to read. Uh, Craig Kinzer, 8th, 476 points back. James McFadden, 9th, 562 points out. And Brock Zierfoss is rounding out the top 10 currently, 624 points back. Impressive. You know, especially uh, James McFadden up there in ninth after missing uh, the handful of races he yeah. did at the beginning of the season. Yes. Uh, I wonder if I would love to get, talk to Casey again. Casey Kane and see if he's rethinking the goal for the year now for McFadden because he said the goal was just to see him get into the top 10 and he did that really I fast. I think that's confirmed. That's going to happen. Yes. Uh, I think probably a couple more wins for them, I'd say they're probably aiming for. 
Um, I don't think they'll be able to get uh, Aaron for the Rookie of the Year, but uh, he's at least putting up a good performance so far. I didn't think he was going to be able to catch Brock, to be honest yeah. with you. And he's just blown by him. So far. Now, that uh, said, Brock has had just a lot of terrible luck between uh, mid-April and mid-May. And it seems like things have started to finally level out for him. But, I mean, there was a run of like 10 races that were just, if it could go bad, it just went worse. Yeah, it was some really unfortunate stuff. He had those good runs at uh, I-70. It was, mm-hmm. uh, hit the wall the one night, just kind of faded to the next. But yep. uh, I know he'll be back, and uh, I'm sure he'll be strong once he returns. I think there was like a, a two-weekend span where they used like three different race cars. Yeah. I mean, that's that's tough. That's rough, especially for uh, a team that hit his own family team. It's, yeah, uh, that, that I'm sure that's definitely rough on them. But they'll be back. Yes, absolutely. As will we uh, this upcoming Friday and Saturday night, as we mentioned already. Knoxville Raceway, the sprint car capital of the world, is where the greatest show on dirt is heading to. Uh, a little bit of news and notes for you. This actually just came out within maybe 30 minutes of us get stepping into the recording studio uh the previously rained out and as announced postponed race at Terre Haute Action Track in Terre Haute Indiana uh Memorial Day Friday has been canceled as no suitable makeup date could be found between the series and the racetrack uh so Terre Haute unfortunately will not be a stop for the greatest show on dirt. This yeah, year. unfortunately, you know, they tried to find a good rescheduled date or just wasn't one that worked vi- was viable for uh, their schedule and our schedule. So unfortunately, just had to be canceled this year. It is a shame, but unfortunately, uh, that sometimes happens uh, when you have 82 races on your calendar. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and the track has other things that they have going on. Just hard to make it work, obviously. Yeah, you can go to our website and find out the details about uh, your tickets and things like that if uh, you need to. Yes, we would uh, urge you to do that. And if there's any races that we that are coming up near you, excuse me, oh man, uh, we would urge you to go to worldofoutlaws.com and try to buy some tickets because there is nothing like seeing the World of Outlaws sprint cars in person. Uh, it is just phenomenal. And as much as I believe that all of us here at Dervision do an incredible job of capturing it and sharing it with you so you can see all the races, it's nothing like being there and we'll never be able to duplicate that. Yeah, I miss being at sprint car races for sure. There's just something special about being there and seeing them and just hearing just hearing them. Just just the sound in the general. The sound is incredible. The smell is unreal. The the feeling of 24 sprint cars taking the green flag, whether it's at a little bull ring or a place like Eldora, it it, it it's just a, an awesome, thunderous, body-rattling feeling. It's it's a thriller to watch. Mm-hmm. And you know, if it's a, you know, those thrill movies that you watch, just they keep up the suspense the whole time, that's that's what it's like. Just but fun, not in a bad way, you know? Yes. You're just watching this intense thing happen lap after lap, you know? You watch these guys through these slide jobs between inches. You know, it's exciting and nerve-wracking watching on dirt vision. You see it in person, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they just did that. Yes. as Like I said, as, as good of a job as we do here at dirt vision, we're never going to be able to replicate all of the other senses that are being used while you were at the track. So if you can get to the track, again, get your tickets, worldofoutlaws.com. Uh, 
Make sure you can get yourself to one. If there's one coming within a few hours of you, because uh, you will not regret it. Oh, for sure. Um, obviously, where we go, a lot of the places we go, they have a lot of cool things around there. So you kind of make it your own little little vacation, little weekend destination. Find some cool uh, restaurants and local restaurants around there, and then uh, head out to the races that night. Absolutely. Uh, if there's any questions, comments, concerns, I guess, uh, that any of you out there want to throw our way, use the hashtag OpenRed on Twitter. And uh, we'll take a look at it and uh, we'll answer. Maybe we'll answer some questions on here. Yeah. Throw them our way. Might be able to do that. I think we could pull that off. I think we we have maybe the capability to do that. Maybe the uh, attention span to yeah. put that work in. Yeah, I think so. We can try. We'll try. Yeah. For next week. If you do it, we'll try. Yes. For next week. Yes. Because obviously not now. Because we're yeah, not live. Yeah, it'd be a little hard right now. Yes. Because we're not live. For next week. But until then, uh, Nick, do you have anything else? I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm, We're good. I think I'm out. All right. Well, until then, my name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. I am Nick Graziano. And we will catch you later. Have a good one. Hashtag open red.